Hey Nate, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure connecting with you today. My mind as well. And, and just so I, I'm sure, is your name for pronounced favor? Favor. Favor. Okay, good to know. Yeah, it's a pleasure meeting you. Uh, it's I looked at your profile. Shout out to Podmatch, and I was like, this is very interesting. This is dynamic and it's it's a beautiful story because everybody's unique and that's why i love the the way we're able to impact and inspire with stories you know it's it's about the context not just you know what is going on around so it, it's really good to have you here today oh thank you for having me i'm honored i'm, I'm excited so so absolutely Anytime, anytime. I know like people are probably wondering, okay, who's this, you know, and everything. It would be lovely to have your introduction and let us know more about you and who you are and what you do. Certainly, certainly. I'll I'll just dive in and again and again. Thank you. Um, So I have been uh, like a lifelong obsessed entrepreneur and self-employed person and um even at, at a couple of times in my life a business owner um and this started at a er, pretty early age like even before i graduated high school i realized like i want to do my own thing um i was looking at like various career paths and it's like none of those interest me i just i just don't feel that that's the right path for me um so as soon as i went to college um i realized that if i'm gonna if i'm gonna really make it as a business owner um I, I actually don't really need a college degree. So I started thinking about dropping out. And it was kind of a, it was actually a really easy decision for me to make because I was also, I hated college. I was super depressed. Um, I hardly had any friends because even though I was someone who kind of had a lot of ambitions to be an entrepreneur, yeah, um, I, yeah I came from a, a very distant, cold, unloving home. Uh, with parents who were just not really equipped to raise children. So I, I grew up as like a pretty angry, social, socially awkward kid. And I, I really got depressed at an early age and started like burying all that. So the one like glimmer of hope in my life was being an entrepreneur. Um, so I actually ended up dropping out of college. And this is around the early 2000, it was, what was it, like 2005, 2006, kind of that time of uh around that time so the internet was still i mean it's of course still exploding today it's still growing but back then it was more like the wild wild west um and i started studying well how can i start a business that's actually based online and that's when i started running into a lot of like really amazing experiences but also a lot of challenges because I was learning about advertising, I was learning about writing, um, but I had no idea how to build a proper business with solid foundations um, that one would probably learn in school. And at the same time, I wasn't dealing with a lot of my inner problems. Um, So I was still a pretty depressed, like inwardly angry person, and I was developing a talent for advertising and marketing. but those two were starting to clash. So I actually, I got more depressed. I actually start drinking every morning. Um, and the short version, we can, we can get into more detail, but the short version is um, I actually went through a bankruptcy 
Um, I had a falling out with two business partners in one venture I had where they basically kicked me out of the business. Um, and eventually I ended up like, if you've ever seen like people like we're on, out on the street, not the street, but street corner, like in goofy costumes, spinning signs around to get attention for a business. I actually got a job doing that. Um, and it was supposed to be a temporary, like three month gig, but I ended up like working that job for let's say around three years. So that's kind of, that's kind of where I, that's the short version of like where I came from. Wow. That, that just took me to a completely different place where now you realize that communication, storytelling, marketing, you know, creating that comparison, what is a behavior? What is a pattern? It helps with, you know, creating that balance, the work-life balance, because you don't also, you can get stressed as an entrepreneur. That's one of the things they don't tell you. And the more stressed you get, the more you think, am I really doing it the right way? And sometimes you're right, but it's really not working, but you have to be the one to dig through that and see, okay, what could be right? Yeah, that's a really good point. It makes me think of how, um, it's like as an entrepreneur, you can get such tunnel vision during that focus. Um, and it's funny what you say. It's like sometimes you can't be right, and it's it's that it's that basically that inner strength to be able to believe in yourself that you're correct that is required for entrepreneurial success. But it could be a disaster if it turns out you're wrong. Um, so yes, it's like yeah, this tunnel vision. And this focus and this obsession as an entrepreneur or business owner has to be combined with an openness to like the proper kind of feedback, right? Which, which I did not have like at all. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. from from where you had that entrepreneurship mentality and you know taking it into the marketing space with the you know with the inbound marketing strategies you're able to do and understanding what the culture of creating consistent workflow of messaging is is important for your business to grow when you think about that and now how does that fuel your growth and take you to where you actually want to be right now uh, that's, that's a great question right so looking back with with all i've learned i realized that the importance of creating just a great experience for the customer and then having a one-to-one ongoing communication with the customer, I did not get how amazing that is and how valuable that is. And I didn't get how when you're able to do that, the numbers in terms of like your numbers of customers, you don't need to have a large number of customers to start with if right. you're creating those experiences. Um, because when I was like 10 years ago, this is going back like 10 years. Um, again, this was like the wild, wild west, the internet advertising rates were a lot lower. And I was the type that I would just like drop. I would take my credit card and I, if I had $5,000 of available credit on it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to run an ad and run an ad to like this, um, this email list of people who get news, daily news. And yeah, I could run an ad on that. And I would actually make back a profit. And I I would think to myself, well, that's great. That's super cool. I made a profit. Maybe there maybe there are other like 
email newsletters out there I can advertise it not realizing this is now this isn't just something I tried where oh okay that worked and I made a profit this is a resource where there are people who resonate with my message so I can keep coming back to it not only that but the people that are now kind of in my business that are in my wheelhouse that have actually done a transaction with me I should not be devoting 80% of my effort to them um, right because yeah I just didn't get that I figured it's like well yeah of course you, you get a great product and all that and sometimes you'll keep in touch with them but that should have been like my number one priority is like I can now develop a culture and these these people they can be my, my first word of mouth customers I, I just didn't understand that that's deep I think there's this this mindset that if I don't have X amount of people, then I can't be able to perform Y number of services because now you're equating the mass to your problem solving solution. But if one person has not experienced it, then how are you going to manage 10? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh 10 years ago, yeah, I just did not understand that. And I even have a, a couple of friends today who are entrepreneurs and, and they're not getting it. I, I, I was talking to one friend who, well, he is getting it, but we had to talk about it a bit where okay. I was like, he was trying to hire someone and he wanted to just step away from the hiring process entirely. And it's like, well, I, I have a team that can start doing that thing for me because I, t- talking for himself, he's like, because I, I wasn't able to do that effectively. I'm like, I understand the logic behind that, but you still need to work on yourself and be able to do that even before you can just start spreading it in, into someone else and, ha- and have the numbers take care of themselves. Yeah, it's it's almost like trying to dodge that responsibility. It's almost like, well, you know, if I if I have like this much venture capital funding, that won't be an issue anymore. It's like, but like you said, you know, you have to be able to do it with one person before ten or more. Exactly. And that's when you realize that the concept of creating that authenticity is important because you can copy, you can literally copy paste Wikipedia. You can literally do the same thing. But I think you can also decide to create that experience that is unique. And that's why they keep coming back. Because when your bounce rates go low, then you know that you have a good click through rate that can really give you your optimum conversion value. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I think a lot of people are just like, well, let me let me try and figure out which tactic I'll use to improve the numbers today. Um, which I mean, it it can be of course the business we need ta- we need tactics that can be very valuable. Except it sometimes we miss the bigger picture. Well, it's like you and I talking right now. It's just like we're just riffing. So right, it, it creates a better, more unique experience where where more interesting things come out and. You know, if either one of us, if we didn't know what we were talking about, the riffing would not work. Exactly. Real fast. (laughs) Real quick. Exactly. People would be like, what? Like, what did he say? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So true. It's amazing to see how, like, there's a lot of, there's a balance. And it helps, too, because at the same time, you don't want to sound so robotic. Because some people don't like being sold to. And that's the moment they realize, okay, I, I know this guy. <laughs> so, you know, so you don't want to be that guy either. So 
you got to be like, what are you really bringing to the table that is worthy of my time? Because if I'm spending five minutes with you, I could be doing five minutes doing something else. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, and it's, it, I guess I don't have really any more, I can't really think of any more thoughts on that, other than that, it's, it's, it's easy to forget that everyone is pretty smart when it comes to things like that. Everyone's pretty savvy because this is 2021. This isn't, you know, 500 years ago when it was a little bit tougher to mail out marketing or something like that. Mm. We're just inundated with it. So, yeah. Exactly. That makes a lot of sense. When you think about the the goal habits and the goal settings, what would you say and why would you think goal setting can actually set people up for failure? Um, and this is just my experience. So if someone has set goals and it's worked for them, I, hey, I'm not going to interfere with that. Ignore, ignore what I have to say because if it works for someone, it works. That's the ultimate test. In my experience, um, when I was younger, I would set goals for myself. And the trouble is, I would kind of like put the energy into what that would feel like, how awesome that would be. And it was kind of like I almost felt good in advance, and it kind of drained my motivation to do it. But even then, I would, I would still push myself toward the goal. But it was interesting because everything I wrote down as a goal and I'd always like do the whole thing I write it down I tape it to the wall or something it was it was an external that involved things I, I could not control like it would be a revenue figure or yeah. something like that it would be a revenue figure or um, I also had like health and fitness goals so like like lifting a certain amount of weight or weighing a certain amount like putting on a certain amount of muscle yeah and as I got the days would go by and I'd get closer to this deadline I set for a goal because I made it all specific and stuff like that um I would get anxious because I wasn't I wasn't like seeing how I could achieve it so I I ended up this was in my 20s I ended up like not really ever achieving a single goal that I wrote down and set for myself which has made me which made me more discouraged so Years later, after after I went bankrupt, I started focusing instead on what are my daily disciplines, what are my daily habits, um, and I and I even today, back then to today, I have intentions where I want to build a really amazing business where I'm an author, um, and I can see like, oh, okay, I start looking at numbers in terms of like. How many roughly how many books am I selling? And I was like, oh, maybe I can kind of inch that up over time. And wouldn't it be cool if like uh, this? And I and I put a lot of my energy into strategy. But after I put my energy into my daily disciplines and my daily habits and thinking about strategy, um, I kind of I kind of let the the goal take care of itself. It reminds me, I think it was um, John Wooden. I, I think. You can look, anyone can look it up, um, the basketball coach. He said, you know, let the scoreboard take care of itself. So he was talking about goal setting. Um, he, would, he would make sure he has a great team. He does a great job coaching them. Um, and they're going to go off and, and they're going to play as their hearts out on, on, the, uh, on the court. Um, and if they do, 
you know, there's a good chance that they're going to achieve their goals. So this, the scoreboard's going to take care of itself. And I, and I have a, a group of friends who are entrepreneurs, and we get together regularly. And one one day we actually asked, uh, we ran, went around the table. It's like, do you guys set goals? And they're like, you know, every single person was like, I'm kind of more into like, what what are my strategies? What am I what am I doing as a discipline day to day to build my business? Um, and they put more energy to that than into goals. I think the key word you mentioned too is the discipline because it can be a task or it could be a passion. Yeah, yeah. People and people run from that word. <laughs> <laughs> but disciplines can be intertwined with passion because it's it's like how do you feel about the idea of discipline? For some people, it feels like they're getting trapped. Or it's like uncomfortable. It's like oh no. Or other people, it's like no, no, no. This. My disciplines are an extension of, of who I'm, who I'm creating as a person. Exactly. Like, I I am that person who can like be the hardest working person on my team and inspire my team as a result. Like that's a discipline and it's energizing. It's so it's it's all about like how do people relate to that idea? Exactly. And this also even brings me to the next question too about like why it's so difficult to break out of unhealthy habits and how we can focus on actually finally doing it than thinking it? Oh, that's, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I've, I've found with most people and myself, like I, I went through all this too. I made these mistakes too. Um, we come to a place where we want to like just end uh, an unhealthy habit yeah. and we get like excited about it emotionally um, and we try and just like use our mind power to just kind of block it out and not like do the habit anymore. It could be avoiding work by uh, checking social media on your phone <laughs> or something like that, or a habit where we yeah. are not, we want to get earlier to work on our own business while we still have a daytime gig, something like that. Um, and I, I've often like seen this happen and I've done this where we're just like, Oh, I'm just not going to do that. Anymore, or I am going to do this. But that I always fell back. I always fell back to my usual routine because my brain was already wired to mm. feel comfortable with that habit. So there are two things that really worked for me, um, and it's kind of counterintuitive because um, when I the first is I'll, I'll, I'll set the stage of the story. When I was in my um, mid twenty, early mid twenties, um, I I started a daily meditation practice and. Without knowing it, I actually set the stage for uh, or a lifelong healthy habit, and I, I it was the most consistent thing I've like ever done. And I and I here's how I set the stage for it. So I used to drink every morning. I used to drink alcohol like in the morning, in my early twenties. Like I get up, I pour myself this much vodka. Well, it, it varied, and I'm I'm holding up my fingers here. Wow. Bitches. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a big glass, but you know, it's vodka in the morning. There's no small amount. I guess. Exactly. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, and then I mix it with like an energy drink. Um, wow. I, I was in a bad place, so I, I would do that every morning, and that was like my breakfast. So I started this daily meditation practice, and the way I did it was I would get up. I mean, it was the morning, or sometimes it was the afternoon. It was like early afternoon. I mean, my, my life was pretty much a mess, So, but it was my morning. I would get up, take a shower, and then normally I would start drinking. 
but instead of drinking, I would do 60 seconds of this meditation. And then I would go have a drink. I, I still drank. So eventually I, I added like five seconds a day, 10 seconds a day, up to two minutes, five minutes. Because, hey, you know, I've been doing it a bit, and five minutes is easy, and I can go drink afterwards. Well, fortunately, I started feeling so good from the meditating that the alcohol didn't draw me as much. Until one day, I took a drink after meditating, and I didn't feel any better. I didn't feel my usual, like, ah, I feel I feel, low. feel all warm and confident now. I don't feel nearly as sad. Instead, I just felt more drunk. And mm. then I'm like... I wonder how this is going to progress. Like, maybe maybe the drinking will actually make me feel worse. Well, like, within a day or two, the drinking actually made me feel worse than I did in the morning um, wow. before I did it. So I stopped drinking, and it was based purely on it didn't feel as good. So I just didn't touch It took no willpower. I just didn't touch the stuff anymore. I had the vodka bottle in my freezer, but I just didn't touch it. So without knowing it, I had built up a new habit in like I think it's one of the most perfect ways I took this new habit and I started small and I sandwiched it right before a habit I had already ingrained in myself and I just said hey look before I do this thing this drinking I'm gonna do this one good thing mm. and then I just let it build up so eventually the good habit got more and more and more ingrained until eventually the training wheels could come off and I could just stick with it and then eventually it like overpowered the drinking so wow that was like that's yeah that's like my number one sort of nitty gritty strategy and it uh, I mean and to give like full credit this I think the book Atomic Habits reveals something like this now I went through this like before that book was published but when I read Atomic Habits I'm like oh yeah this author named it and he, he shows there's even scientific evidence that this is true. And it's a great way to change human behavior. So for anyone who has like a bad habit they don't like, but that it's kind of nice, like they, they have a, a, a tasty food that they eat, I would figure out how to sandwich in a good habit right before that and, and take advantage of the fact that you've got something that draws you in and that you, you it's an indulgence. So um, mm. that's that's like my nitty gritty way of doing it. And the second and the second thing is like also figure out a way to tie it to your identity because it's very powerful to really feel as though I'm like quote I am a person who such and such. When you're the kind of person like we identify ourselves as like business owners or entrepreneurs or self-employed people, like that identity is so powerful that we're not gonna like lose the we're not gonna like kinda tomorrow lose the drive and, and go get a, a day job. It's very, very unlikely because we would be betraying a very identity. So when you combine that with the nitty gritty, it, I think it's extremely powerful. That's a perfect way you put it because now it makes sense that when somebody's confused about oh I I didn't do this because I didn't have time to now when you think about putting that sandwich of okay let me just read one book or one chapter or let me think about doing what I'm doing differently, you know. When I asked a question one time, I was like, when was the last time you did something for the first time? And it, it, it like it's like, huh? Like, what? And I was like, yeah. That's cool. 
You know? Yeah, I'm asking that. I'm asking myself that now. That is kind of, oh, wait. Whoa. That is a cool question. Yeah. That's a super cool question. <laughs> you know? And it just makes me wonder, like, when I asked that question randomly, I didn't think of it. I think it was random. And I was like, whoa, okay, that's true. So if I did do something, because you go to your favorite restaurant, you know exactly what you want. They probably even know what you came for. You know, so it's that obvious. <laughs> so sometimes you got to change your paradigm shifts, you know, understand that there are things that if you try differently, you could probably get a peanut butter jelly sandwich, you know, it's different from something that you're ready with butter on, <laughs> you know, so you can get that different taste, but that gives you like, okay, maybe that wasn't that bad. But if you're not willing to take those hours and sleep late and wake up very early in the morning, then you're never going to know the, the process that it took because people are enjoying those things and they thought, oh, I just flipped this overnight. They probably spend nights without eating because they just did not want to figure out this and enjoy without getting that relief of, I found out what it is and I'm excited because I took the time to take that patience in. Mm. Yeah, that is really cool. I'm, I'm going to start asking myself that question too. That's really cool. Yeah, it, it, it's deep. When you think about it, like it makes you wonder, like, huh? So what? And then the thing is, you don't have the answer because it's not that direct. So it's like you have to really think about, it. and then you start going back, and you're like, oh, I remember when I did this for the first time. But what else happened after that? You know, like, is there a result? Is there effect? Is there a drawback? What is that friction? What is causing that reaction? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's also like it's it's really valuable to hear that because um, people often forget the power of just asking themselves questions. You know, mm. a lot of people don't get that question because your questions, the type of questions you ask yourself, will really really drive new behavior and kind of making those new connections. You know, I think I think oftentimes the when we do something for the first time, it's driven by a question often. Uh, and it's driven by a very good question. Like, yeah. I wonder what else, I wonder how easily I could actually get something better. You know? Mm-hmm. That's a fact. It's cool. <laughs> it's a fact. It, it's really, really interesting because, like, for me too, like, you know, I pray every day and I'm very, you know, I make, I take that seriously, you know, because I know that, there are some things that you can't do without and if you do without that then you're on your own and it's bad to be lonely it's bad to be you know disproportional to what you're actually supposed to be aligned to so it, it gets that mindset of being in practice in consistency and and that consistency just gets you to where you're going and if you think about patterns and you know self-sabotage because people also have this imposter syndrome it, it happens it's not a joke like sometimes like yeah okay i didn't work out but yay i watched a workout video on you know pinterest <laughs> you know it, it, it's like guys really wake up it's not about what you're seeing it's about you implying that and once, once you take that habit and it talks about 21 days to have a habit you know and i'm like oof if it's 21 days then within seven days have i made that impact because by the time it's 21 days you should be feeling normal. Could you repeat the last five seconds? There, you broke up a bit. I'm sorry. Okay, I was saying within the last, 
like 20, like between 21 days, right. Of having that meditation practice or being inconsistent with that value that you're bringing, that if you're praying every day, if you're being mindset goal driven and you know what you're doing, don't you think that by the time you're done with the first seven days, by the 21st day, it should be normal. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for repeating that connection drop for a second. You know, no problem. Um, yeah. And I mean, there's some, I don't keep up like with the latest research. Cause some like, I think there's some sites are like 60 days or three days or something like that where it gets, but I do know like the more days that go by, the deeper it's going to get lodged into you. Well, actually, and, and speaking of identity, the more days go by, the more it, it transitions to being who you are, you know? Mm. And, and a lot of that's probably your choice, too, because it's just like if you meditate for one day or you pray for a day and then you do it the next day and the next day and the next day, at a certain point, you get to decide, I am a person who prays. I am a person who meditates. I am a person who does this. So, and it's kind of like a snowball effect. So yeah, I mean, the, the difference, and probably from, in my experience, the biggest profound difference is between day one and two. Mm. Because how many, how many times have we done something for one day or did it once in that day and yeah. then just dropped it? So I think, <laughs> True. you know? So, yep. um, for, for my, in my experience, it's like, if, if, you, if you make it two days, boy, you've probably, like, you're probably halfway there or something like mm-hmm. that, something or more. So that's been my experience. Exactly. That's a very true fact because now it makes it, makes it confirm that, hey, I'm going to work out every day of this week. And if I don't do it, I'll feel bad. But I should feel better because I know that this one hour is taking away from my 23 hours, which when I do, when I come back, I'm still able to capitalize on the five hours or the six hours I was able to do in a week, you know, mm-hmm. now you, you think about the longevity and that goes in branding that goes in marketing that goes in identity. <laughs> you talked about that. So now when somebody is listening to this podcast, they're wondering, okay, what did I do? Why am I not doing it? How does someone think through that and get out of that pattern of thinking the same way and putting them on a pedestal that equates what they've been actually visualizing like you said putting the celebration last because that's what you're going to get as an end result yeah yeah and in fact what what you mentioned where, where someone might think to themselves um you know why why am i not doing this to the, again the power of questions they could flip that to um i wonder when is the best time today to actually squeeze in a, a, a minute because now you're now you're directing your brain to give you an answer. Your your brain will give you an answer. It always will give you an answer. So I might as well feed it a question that helps me. <laughs> you know? so, that, so actually, and it's a, that's something that me and my wife will often ask ourselves. We'll be like, "Ooh, I wonder when like such and such this good thing is is really going to happen." Yeah. Um, so. It's so it's it's it, once you start thinking about this stuff, it's it's a it's almost shocking and scary how like easily we can kind of bury ourselves deeper um, as opposed to just you know asking ourselves these more like 
helpful questions that that will actually carve out possibilities. It's, yeah. It's, the difference is so slight. It's, it's amazing. A little goes a long way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always a little goes a long way. It's amazing. It's so cool. It is. Think about your food. If you put a lot of salt, are you going to eat that food? <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like it's just a little bit of spices. And it's, what, there's a whole dish. There's all kinds of stuff. It's like, no. Or a fly landing in the glass. It's like, oh, there's a whole drink in there. Look at this glass. It's like, no. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> That's a good one. Exactly. It just makes everything more focused on what do you really want? Do you want to jump in this pool with your clothes on? <laughs> or do you want to swim across and figure out that, you know, there's something that's on the shore that you can actually enjoy because you now have a vision, you have a perspective, and you have that tenacity which most entrepreneurs don't seem to practice as a human skill. Oh, that's a good point. The idea that you can practice tenacity too, because I think a lot of people that falls into the category of just like, well, you know, some people just have it and others don't. But again, it goes back to identity and habits. It's like, what if you start thinking, you start doing things every day and built up a few days of doing it, all of a sudden you can tell yourself, wait, that's tenacity. I must be a tenacious person. It's been it's been built. So yeah, practicing it. Exactly. Ended up like in three words there. Yeah. Exactly. And if you think about it too, like you know, people quit so fast. People quit, like you said, tenacity. If somebody's not enabled to say, okay, if I can't work out for this number of days, and I fall back for the rest of the month, how do I not quit? so that I'm not inconvenienced because now at this point I'm thinking about the risk factor I have to wake up I have to dress up I have to drive there or walk there or jog there <laughs> like you put like 10 different blocks before you even do the first one so how do you stop someone from quitting when they know they need to do something well I, I think there's a I found a couple of things to be helpful. One is you actually hinted at when you mentioned like, first I have to, if, if they're going to go somewhere, it's like I have to get in my car and drive. I have to probably put on my workout clothes. One thing I found helpful is to just um, take the step forward in terms of, let me just put on my workout shorts. Just let, let me just put on my workout shorts. Exactly. Um, and then once those are on, okay, let me go out the and this is, it sounds silly, but this is actually, um, I've, I've experienced this and I've also read accounts from people who went through some tremendously difficult um, training in the military. And what they found both for themselves and, and others who made it through the training was they kept their focus on the immediate time ahead of them. Mm. So they didn't think about, I have to go through the next seven days of this hell. They thought, all right. Let me let me let me do another minute here, and I know at some point we're going to be able to get a glass of water or something or a bottle of water. So it's right. it's it's breaking this down. I used to do this with workouts where I'm just like, once I started the workout, like I used to run up the downstairs. That's tough. I used to be like, all right, let me run up this one flight. I'm just going to run up the flight. Can I run up the flight? Yes, yeah, sure, fine. And when I get to the top, okay, one more. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that that's a really a, yeah that's, yeah that's, that really helped me helped me a lot and you might someone might hear that and be like oh come on you can't just like I know what I'm doing if I but it, it still works it still works um, and the other key I think on a kind of a bigger picture level is like I have had very little success with doing anything new and being consistent and, and like not quitting. I, if, if it was only every couple of days or four days a week or three days a week, I, I've had a terrible time making that work. And that was true with um, exercise. So I exercise right now daily. It's a short workout. Um, and the reason I do it is because I know that if it's not daily, three days a week will turn into two. Two days a week will turn into one, which will very quickly turn into I just forgot about it. So exactly. as, as a writer, I, I do daily writing. And I I don't take the weekends off. Now I'm not I'm not working like twelve hours a day, but on like a Saturday, but and I enjoy my work. So I know that the consistency is what's it's what's going to keep me going. So I, I think distance from the activity is what makes people quit. Um, oh, and, and one one more thing, actually, I would say is that it's it's not very fun to admit, but oftentimes the biggest driving force behind a person quitting um, is their friends, um, the friendships they have, mm. or if they're super close with their relatives, their relatives because. You know, we are we we all like want to be close with people and just be in in a good relationship with the people around us. And if all of a sudden developing a good habit interferes with that relationship, there could be it's it's a disaster. There could be so much tension. So if if you don't want to quit, the the a big answer is that to be around friends who don't quit either. Exactly. And it's hard to find those friends too because you oh, know yeah. you, you got to you got to try to to find out. It's not like, "Oh, you won last week. Okay, join come on, come on board." You know, <laughs> like, "Come on." <laughs> it's the it's the toughest and probably the most worth worthwhile thing. So, yeah, you're right. Oh, it is it is so tough. So, good people are that's why in the business realm and the personal realm, good people are just the most valuable asset exactly when you think about growing out of your comfort zone people don't see that because if you're growing out of your comfort zone then you can't like imagine if you still lived or still like was in the same bed when you were like three years old you're not gonna fit in that bed not because (laughs) you know what i'm saying it has nothing to do with you it has everything to do with what is your current state what is your current vision? Do you see that bigger light? Do you see that bigger tunnel? Can you fit in? You know, you, you have to measure it up to your... You cut, it, cut it according to your size. You know, it's just be very specific. And that way you can be able to know that success is around the corner. But when you think about putting those perspectives in practice to what you actually do, you know, it's said that to be more successful, you need to get out of your comfort zone. So why do people have such a huge problem, but they can clearly not sleep on that bed, but you have a problem with, you know what I'm saying? The analogy of that comfort zone, how, how does that play a role in what we do? 
That's a great question. I love no, and I love the bed analogy because it's perfect. Because you could see that. You'd be like, well, oh, of course, I, I would see how I outgrow something and how I need to make a change and, and get a different bed. But the trouble with、um, as adults with our 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 habits and our perspectives on life, yeah, and the people around us is that our our brains are so trained to to make sure that we feel relaxed. Relatively relaxed、mm-hmm. and, and comfortable within those same habits and routines. I mean, it even comes down to like the the amount of dopamine we feel, or the amount of like the stressful cortisol we feel. Yeah.、Um, our our brain wants us to make sure, or wants to make sure that we feel comfortable with within these same mindsets and within these same habits. So. And I say relatively relaxed because oftentimes we'll have this certain level of chronic tension,、yeah. but we'll feel comfortable within that tension.、Um, so it can be difficult to break out of that because our our brains are literally telling us, "No, this is right. No, this is okay."、Um, our this this old old belief pattern it, it's not an old belief pattern. It's the truth. It's simply it's it's true. I I've tried everything, you know. Uh, and it, it, so it, it would be as weird as actually, and this is a cool exercise. Like I,、uh, like when it comes to、uh, brushing my teeth in the morning, I will use my my right hand. Like that's my default. Like when I was when I was like a you know five year old through fifteen year old or whatever for ten straight years, I used my right hand to brush my teeth. Very comfortable.、Um, few, it was like oh I don't know. Four or five years ago, or something, I got the I got some interesting advice, which is to try switching your hand and try using your other hand, your non-dominant toothbrushing hand, and even use your non-dominant hand to、um, apply the toothpaste onto the brush. Oh boy, does that feel weird! It, you, almost, <laughs> you almost you almost drop it, or at least I did. I almost dropped、wow. it. Wow, so awkward. Yeah. And also, when you're brushing, you're like worried because you might hit your gum and you might hit your cheek. So it feels so awkward and strange. That's exactly what getting out of your comfort zone is going to feel like. So that's what, on top of the fear involved.、Mm. There, I mean, we we all understand getting out of your comfort zone involves fear. So on top of the fear is the sheer awkwardness of it. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's why I'm I'm a big fan of if you're going to step out of your comfort zone, give yourself as much self care as possible and and do baby steps whenever you can.、Um, if someone's had success just busting out of their comfort zone and going hog wild, okay, go for it because you have a pattern of success for you. That's、right. the proof. But I found personally for me and for most people, it's. The give yourself the time, give yourself the baby steps, and, and treat it almost like stretching. You would stretch pretty gently within your body's limitations and expand your comfort zone that way. And that way, you give your brain time to be like, okay, this is okay. Okay, we're not going to die. This is okay. And all of a sudden, you, you're you just just like. You would find immediately that a bed that's too small for you—you you just couldn't fit it anymore. If you expand easily like that, it, it's sort of like automatically lengthening the bed, and 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 getting used to the idea that you can have that expansion. Because once you get used to the idea that you can't expand your comfort zone, well, it's like going from one day to two. Now you can just add, keep adding on days.
Exactly. And I was even thinking about that whole opportunity and analysis approach because what came to my mind was that imagine someone that actually wants to expand and let's say it's like with cars, for example, like you want to have a Tesla, but the environment you are the, the nearest filling station or recharge station is probably 30 minutes away. You know, so when you think about like, do I want to make that extra? You know, it's like you want to make that by the same time you want it so bad. So it's like when you expand and you actually can compare where you are to what you're doing, it's now five minutes away or probably in the backyard because now you've been able to build a resource that is now enabled to give you that capacity, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, just another example for me personally that's similar to that is the idea of doing podcasts. Like this is... I've been doing this for I don't know how long, but I remember seven, maybe a couple of months ago, several weeks ago, it was my first one, or at least my first one in a while. I've done them sporadically over the years, okay. so that's that's out of my comfort zone. Um, so that was just like, geez, this is this is a very it's like immensely distant thing. It's like that it's like that recharge station being so far away. But now that I've, I've done many of them, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. That's just that thing in my backyard. It's like, oh, yeah, no problem. No problem. Right. Exactly. And you need the resources to manage that because you can't be focusing on that when you have priorities as well. So it has to be making sense. And for that to make sense, there needs to be something that can prove that. So it it takes a lot. And most people want to jump. They want to get all that, like you said. They want to live that mountain hill life. (laughs) You know, they want to live... In the in the best of the best with you no know, glass windows, it's all good in the movies. You know that who wouldn't want that? But like, do you need that to get to where you're going, or do you want that as an expression of giving yourself that self evaluation when you can achieve that? Yeah, yeah, and and do you and 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 I'm just like a person can ask themselves. It's like, have you ever really? made sure to know what that actually feels like if you have something like that um because a lot of times people have an idea in their imagination of like oh this will be so nice when i have this object or this thing it's like but do do you truly know i I remember a good friend of mine this was probably uh, over 10 years ago I was telling him, oh, I'd love to live in this particular apartment. Oh, I'd love it. It would be so awesome. He's like, Nate, you ought to talk to the leasing office and take a tour and ask them if you can kind of go there. And I was like, I kind of shrank down. I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to waste their time. I just, I'm not, I mean, I, I'm not ready and I can't afford it. And he, he was just like, well, I wish I had listened to him because he was kind of hinting at the idea of actually feeling by being there, feeling what it's like. And it's, and as a result, you might find no, oh, wait, no, I don't want this. This is not the fantasy I had in mind. The mm-hmm. reality is not the same. And and you start getting much more realistic. So exactly. After all. Yeah. Exactly. And it takes, it takes boldness to actually accept that. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Because now all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, I have to change my thinking here. So, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I do, I do admit, I, it's like it's not like you were wrong. It's like it's all part of like learning and exploring. But there is a kind of like, oh, I was wrong. And so it it's it can be very very painful for people to uh, to go through that. Yeah. And that's where tenacity comes in. Yeah. 
right. yeah. it, it, it comes back full circle. Yeah. No, it's 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 yeah, it's absolutely true. Because if you're and if you're a tenacious person, you'll be okay with like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I I, I need to adjust my calculation there. Yeah. Okay. No, no problem. It's not a problem. Yeah, you didn't fail. You just learned something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It, it might. It, something might even hurt to rile up your emotions, but that's okay too. It's okay. It, that's fine. And that's where the best opportunities come when there's a problem. And that's why when there's ever a problem, you can capitalize because you can study and build that momentum that somebody can thank you for. And when someone tells you, thank you for doing this, it's it feels so good. You know, it feels like I've actually helped you and now you're where you want to be. And you don't take the credit. You just let it happen because you are that vessel that was used. It wasn't that... I'm better than anyone. Anybody could have done it, but you did. So just accept that, be humble about it, and just make it better next time. <laughs> it's not it's not that hard. Yeah, yeah, that's that's super cool. Uh reminds me of uh, someone I uh, my wife and I met. She she was a I guess she was a a, a a performance coach of some sort and she said teach what you what you have tripped over. You know, whatever your stumble was that you had to overcome, that is what you can now teach. So, so it was a, it was a great perspective shift in that regard. Exactly, I like that. Wow, Nate, today's conversation has been mind blowing. Uh, I'm so excited that you were able to come to the playroom today and share your true knowledge and just give people insight on what they need to know because the world needs better things like this they need they need that inspiration because you can get last year was one of probably the worst and best years of people's lives you know it could you however like the scale could go any way and you have no control but the control you have over being that person that you know you intend to be makes you want to like really know that there's there's hope you know well, yeah, that's that's well put, and, and yeah, this is great. I know I'm I was honored to be on here, and I, I love I love the exchanges we had. You know, I'm gonna take some, I'm gonna write a couple things down when we get off. So thank you for your. You're welcome. Anytime, anytime. Is there any way um people can reach out to you? What's the best way they can contact you? Um, I, I have a website. It's it's my name, NateRifkin.com, um, and I write there a lot. And um, and also, I just I uh, recently published a book called The Standing Meditation. Um, and it's kind of like if I if I want to like it's kind of morbid to say, but if I if I had to leave one thing behind, this would be it. I, I hope to be writing a lot more. Okay. But this that's how I feel about this book. So uh, people can find that at um, thestandingmeditation.com. Um, but yeah, and, um, and thank you for that because I'm, I'm always um, writing more and, and uh, my website's where I do that. Awesome. It's a pleasure having you here, Nate, and I'm looking forward to connecting with you again. Absolutely. I'd love to. So thank you for it. You're welcome.